0: Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and pleasing in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to read a little bit later Psalm 121, that's found on page 885, so sticking with the Psalms here tonight, 885, so just have that ready to go in a few moments. Beloved in Christ, Psalm 121 is a song that was sung as uh, Israelite pilgrims made their way up, ascending to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. It was... A traveling song during those treacherous trips. Tough terrain and ruthless robbers could cloak themselves in the countless caves along the jaunt to Jerusalem and pick on those pilgrims. Thus the story of the Good Samaritan in the New Testament. There was a real possibility you'd be robbed, injured, or even killed somewhere on that journey. Few people traveled it alone. In response to that, maybe a little like the uh, Von Trapp children and their governess Maria singing, these are a few of my favorite things during a fearsome thunderstorm in the sound of music. In response to dangers like those and others, this psalm was sung during the trip, just like singing a song while bolting up the basement stairs when your older sister turns the light off while you're still down there. You tear up the stairs singing, Jesus loves me, this I know singing a song that doubles as a sturdy confession of faith. Well, that makes you feel a little less wobbly, too. This song is a confession of faith, faith in the Lord God, that God was going to get the weary pilgrims to Jerusalem safely each day on their journey. When the psalmist says they are lifting up their eyes to the hills, those are the hills surrounding Jerusalem, or Jerusalem itself, mount, Mount Zion, right? So you get the picture of these travelers looking to the goal of their journey and confessing their faith in the God they knew would bring them there safely. That's who sang the song, Psalm 121, travelers on a journey to Jerusalem. So let's read that psalm now, and I'll ask you to read the first verse, because it ends with a question, so I'll give the answer in the rest of the psalm, but why don't you begin Psalm 121 at page 885, we'll read together verse 1, saying together, I lift up my eyes to the mountains, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, beloved, either way, for a pilgrim on a path to Jerusalem or for a traveler on this earth pressing on, heading for heaven, the psalm works, doesn't it? Beginning with a confession of trust. Lord, I've got a long journey ahead of me. I can't do it alone. I need help. Where does my help come from, and before you have time to even think very long about it, the psalmist gives you the answer. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Any journey, not least of them, the journey of life, starts there, acknowledging who is going to journey with us, who is going to help us. He is the Lord God. It is a confession of trust in the lord god my help comes from him and why not our lord god is jesus christ who came himself to journey on this earth he was incarnated we say he took on human flesh to walk where we walk we talk a lot about walking in Jesus' steps, but think about it. He walked in our steps first. He walked our journey, the journey of life we find ourselves on. His conception, his birth, began that journey of human life, and he traveled that path all the way to his death. He walked from birth to death, in our steps, as one of us. So who better to get our own journeys headed in the right direction? Who better to follow than the one who has already walked where we will walk? Jesus took on our life and walked our journey of life so that we might have life and walk our journeys, confessing that there is only one who is our help truly. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. But more than that, whom better to follow, whom better to put our trust in than the one who not only walked the path before us, but even now watches over us on our journey. That's the main theme of this psalm. The Lord God watches over us. Perhaps you didn't think to count it as we read it. But if you did, you would have counted five times that the psalmist used the verb, watches over. Five times we hear it, but really six times. One of those times, verse 7, it's translated to keep us or keeps you. But it's the same word in the Hebrew language. Lots of repetition. It's the word shamar. Six times in eight verses, he watches over, watches over. Watches over, watches over, watches over, watches over. Shamar, 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 Shamar. And the name of the Lord, too, is used how many times? Five times. The Lord or Yahweh, 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 Yahweh. You can almost hear as if it is echoing off the treacherous, rocky terrain on the road to Jerusalem from Jericho. You can't miss the theme of the song, Yahweh watches over you. And we could stop right there, but we want to see some other things too. I'd like to take you through the psalm then, now that we have heard this initial confession of trust, the confession of faith, And have heard the main themes speaking to us. Let's look a little more closely at three parts of the psalm. It's verses 3 and 4, verses 5 and 6, and verses 7 and 8. Very simple. Three couplets of poetry. Beautiful, beautiful poetry, aren't they? Each of these three sections of the psalm reveals a little at a time who the one is that is watching over us. In other words, pilgrims on their journeys... Begin by confessing a trust in the Lord, and now we hear why. Because our Lord, number one, never sleeps. Our Lord never sleeps. Our Lord is always available, always awake, always attuned to what is going on around us, always attentive to our words, always tuned in to our hearts, always observing our actions, always hearing our thoughts. There is never a time when he takes a break or goes on a vacation or kicks back and takes a little snooze on a Sunday afternoon. We need sleep. He does not need sleep. Our Lord never sleeps. He who watches over you will neither slumber nor sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel Neither slumbers nor sleeps. He will not only not sleep, the sense of that Hebrew word slumber is that he will not even get drowsy ever. He's alert, always. He never needs a road sign warning him to stay alert or be alert. He never gets bored with us either. His energy and power of taking care of his people is boundless. He never sleeps, never even Nods off. You know, people do that in church, right? The old old head drop thing. And then it comes snapping back up again. It's the number one cause for whiplash in God's people. I did that once as a kid and my head actually hit the bench in front of me. Right the forehead. Ouch. The Lord God never does that. Not just because he'd be embarrassed if it it ever happened or that it looks like some strange form of affirmation to the points preacher's trying to get across. The Lord just doesn't do it. He never nods off. I remember one time I was in college and uh, as a math major I got kind of excited about certain things I learned and one of them had to do with some Non-Euclidean type geometry, modern geometries, that was the name of the class, and also that was the actual textbook. It was really weird stuff. It bordered on chaos theory as far as weirdness goes, but anyway, I came home from one weekend from college, and my mom was giving my dad a haircut at the time, happened to be, so he's stuck in a chair with a scissors right by his head. And I started explaining this new concept I had learned to my dad out of this class, and he was a captive audience, at least I thought he was, and I was trying to explain this this very simply to him. He's a very smart guy, but he didn't take any goofy subjects like this one ever in his life. So I'm I'm talking to him, and all of a sudden, his body slowly started moving to his right while sitting on the chair getting the haircut to the point where my mom yelled, Raj! Raj! At which point he woke up, he woke up and snapped his head back to attention and turns out he was only a captive audience and not captivated at all by the subject matter at hand. And here I thought, the most interesting stuff you've ever heard, some things don't change much, do they? Anyway, the Lord God never loses interest, never gets drowsy, never sleeps, never slumbers, never nods off, never slides to one side on his glorious throne of grace. How many have seen the Pope in certain videos overcome with exhaustion start to fall asleep, sometimes in mid-sentence, no disrespect intended at all? The point, though Jesus Christ is certainly fully human and knows about sleep, I'm sure he slept in the manger. He is also fully God, and he will never lose track of us or take a little breather or take a little snooze. The Lord never sleeps. So here's the application to that first point. The Lord never sleeps, so start talking. You can talk to God anytime, night or day. Anytime. And I don't think we do it enough. I I know we don't do that enough. You all know it too. I think our prayers are few in number, short in length, weak in intensity. And God says, I'm giving you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a a year to pray. So start talking. He's wide awake listening. It's awfully good to know, isn't it? Good to have in the back of our minds. And that's sometimes the problem. Prayer for many of us is a is our backup plan, it's our last resort. It's funny, we usually use last resorts knowing that we can't really trust them. When our cars break down, we want them immediately to be fixed by someone who is reliable. We'll only go to someone who doesn't have that good of a reputation for fixing cars and yet still has a garage when our first choice and second choice and third choice is not available. God is always available, and he's the most reliable. Make that something not only good to know, but good to go, good to start doing, start talking, start praying, anytime. He never sleeps. So we move on. Verses 5 and 6 now reveal a little bit more about the Lord God, who is the help of those who travel. Number two, he always protects The Lord, or the psalm, is all about protection, really. Yahweh watching over you. One of the main things the Lord God does on a journey is to defend us, to protect us. And that's the meaning behind that sentence about the Lord being your shade at your right hand. The psalm is written for people who regularly made journeys, not only on rugged terrain, but also on terrain where there was very little shade. Lots of rock and sand and Hills surround Jerusalem, not a lot of trees. The journey that the pilgrims made afforded them very little in the way of shade from what was often an oppressive, unrelenting sunshine beating down on them. You can imagine that any tree offering any kind of shade or shadow was a welcome relief. Well, here that language makes it into the poetry, right? The Lord is your shade at your right hand, so the sun will not harm you by day. And since he's the Lord God, who never sleeps, of course, the parallel line about the moon is added as well. Nor the moon by night. The Lord, you see, always protects night and day. The word shade has that uh, literal creation image attached to it, but the word shade also referred figuratively to ancient kings. Kings were called the shade of those they protected. They shaded or they, their shadow was over the people in their protection. They guarded their subjects from all harm, the kings did. And so we get other passages like Psalm 91 verse 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High... Will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Or Psalm 17, verse 8 Hide me in the shadow of your wings. The word for protection in Hebrew literally means shade or shadow. That's the Lord God, our protector. Always protecting, always our shade. He always protected these Jews on their journeys, the journey to Jerusalem, but also the journey of life, heading for heaven, to which we are pressing on. God is there, always protecting, always defending. So another point of application of God always protects, here it is, keep walking. Keep walking, walk tall, walk boldly, walk courageously. Do people know by where you walk, by how you walk, that the Lord God is your protector, that the Lord God is your shade at your right hand? Keep on walking. I can't help but think of the persecuted church. Maybe you do too when I think of this point. I read once about a Chinese woman named Ma Yukin who was being tortured by Chinese police so that she might give up the names of other Christians in her neighborhood, or renounce her belief in Jesus Christ. They tortured her, beating her, electrocuting her, and even worse, while they tortured her physically, they caused her to hear the sounds of her son being tortured the same way in an adjacent room. But neither she nor her son broke. Her heart was broken, surely, but neither of them broke. These two kept walking, kept living, kept boldly proclaiming the name of Christ. They made their presence known by making the presence of the Lord God known, who they know will always protect them, always. Ma Yukin says that the thing the Chinese authorities fear the most is Christianity. My friends, it's because of people like her who don't break. And the reason they don't break is that the Lord God, the Lord Jesus Christ, always protects his people. Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse 28, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. You're worth more to the Lord God than you can imagine. So, friends, we too need to keep walking, walking courageously, standing tall for Christ, even when it's becoming clear that the church in the U.S. is beginning to endure persecution in the face of a culture of death and anger and violence. Keep walking in the faith. No matter where you walk, the Lord always protects. And number three, the poetic couplet of verses seven and eight also reveals who our Lord God is. In these verses we hear the duration of this arrangement. The Lord will see you through to the end and beyond. The arrangement is forever. It's both now and forevermore, verse eight says. The Lord will see you through To the end. God doesn't just start out on the journey, check up on us in the middle of the journey. He's always there. Even to the very end. But even beyond that, even when the destination has been reached, forevermore, He's there. Other Psalms give a commentary on that word forevermore. Psalm 73, verses 23 and 24. Yet I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. Psalm 49, verse 15. But God will redeem me from the realm of the dead. He will surely take me to himself. Beloved, that's forevermore. Beyond the last day of the journey comes forevermore. God will see you through to the end, and even after that, you watch over my coming and my going right now, and evermore, the duration of this watchfulness of God is forever, forever. And we know it's true. We know it's true for the journey of Jesus Christ, beginning as a little baby in the fresh in the in the flesh excuse me lying in the manger his journey Our journey took him to pay for our sins at the cross. Took him all the way to death and then took him into a resurrection, a resurrection life that he now lives in glory as he watches over us. Jesus promised to take us home too at the end of our journey to be with him in glory. He made it through even death and the grave. He made it through that last leg of the journey so that we too, Make it through that last leg to forevermore. So, third point of application now the Lord will see you through to the end and beyond. So, quit gawking, quit your gawking, start talking, keep walking, quit. Gawking. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's for people like a large majority of Christians who get all excited about Christ and what he's done for us and can praise him all night long singing their favorite Jesus songs like we do, but have fooled themselves into giving nothing to Christ in return. They're just gawking, gawking at God's grace, grace without the get up and go response to it, just gawking. My high school varsity basketball coach that used to be one of his pet phrases heard all the time. You're standing there gawking, Grunboom. The guy just drove through the lane and you watched him go. You just turned your head and gawked at him as he went past you. Didn't even move your feet. Didn't even reach out. and, At the very least, reach in and foul him. Quit gawking. Like this girl. Got caught on camera gawking. I'm sorry whoever you are, Okay. Quit gawking, my coach would say to her. In other words, start serving this team. Start moving your feet. Start getting in the game. Start getting your hands dirty. Start taking some punishment. Simple. Quit gawking. Start serving. Somewhere, anywhere in the church. Start serving. Sure, grace and God's protection are great to gawk at, but there comes a time when you respond by serving too. Grace looks better when you're immersed in it serving than it does standing back and eh, just gawking. The Lord will see you through to the end and beyond forevermore. So for now, quit gawking and start serving. So we're back to the beginning. We're back to the beginning. Beloved... Who are you on the journey with? Is it the maker of heaven and earth? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ? Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful that you watch over us. We're so thankful that you have us now and forevermore. In response to that wonderful good news, Lord, we pray that you would turn us into people daily who are talking with you, who are walking courageously for you, and who aren't just sitting here gawking, but are serving. Serving for their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ every single day of our lives for his honor, for his glory, for the one who is our shade at our right hand, who is watching over us all the time. Father in heaven, we want to say that we are on the journey with the maker of heaven and earth, Jesus Christ. And that is the one in whom we find our help. Remind us of that daily, and then move us along with you, pressing on on that journey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.